0: listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. It is Tuesday, March 1st, and I'm here with my big sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Jewel.
1: Hi, Leanne. Well, it's really Super Tuesday, Leanne. <laughs> Did you realize that? <laughs> and we're going to have a super duper Satellite Sister uh, podcast for you today.
0: Yeah, our own interpretation of Super Tuesday. But you, exactly. you're you voting there in Texas, right?
1: Well, I am going to attempt to vote, Leanne. I have multiple forms of ID. They all have different addresses on it. So I, I am going to take them over because, you know, I don't know. I kind of got a little behind on the change of address oh. forms. So my license has one address. My address is another address. My voting address could be could be a third address. But I, I'm going to give it a whirl, Leanne. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be denied That's because this is America, Leanne, and if you show up to vote, you shouldn't be denied, right? I think you could be, though,
0: in it some places, like... maybe even where you live, but uh, you shouldn't be
1: uh, denied. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be. As I say, I have multiple forms of ID, okay? They're just, they don't all match. That's the problem, but... We're going to give it the, uh, the old American try today, Lee, and that's what's going to happen. All
0: right. Well, have a super Tuesday then, Jewel. Have a super Tuesday. All right. We do have a full show. We have um, some great mailbags from the Facebook page. You asked a b- whole bunch of questions. We're going to try to answer them. Uh, some dilemmas, some how to talk to neighbors, some moving tips. We're going to get to that. I have a DVR alert, new show coming up Ooh, I want okay. people to tune in to. Um, Julie, there was a great piece in the New York Times, How to Stay Sane on Business Travel. Oh, and, okay. and it was good oh, good because it acknowledged the gloom of business travel. <laughs> Just when you get sucked down oh, into I... the gloom. So it was that's not good a good word,
1: Land. That's the right word. It is the right word. So
0: that's what I mean. It was not a perky piece on like how to. It was like don't get sucked into the gloom. So we're gonna talk about that. Um you we have uh, we we both had busy weekends, so we're gonna update you on that. And uh, I think that's it for today. No Downton Abbey, of course, uh, we will be back next week with the finale and no bottom secretary today either. So just a Tuesday show. No, no recaps today. But Julie, you did have a new story you want to talk about. I
1: did. I wanted to start on a more serious note with something that we usually don't do on Tuesday, but I was so moved by the news that you probably saw yesterday, the press conference out of North Korea where the American student Otto Frederick Womber, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, who is a third-year student at UVA, was uh, making a televised uh, confession uh, to the North Koreans, and he broke down, and you know, he said he made a terrible mistake. I mean, this is an awful situation. This is a student... That was held. Has been held against his will since the beginning of January. He was over there on a tour. I, you know, as all satellite sister listeners know, that I went to North Korea with my girlfriend about five years ago on a tour, and uh, I we stayed in the same hotel that um, that Otto was in. He was and apparently what he did, his crime against the state that encouraged. A hostile action that was considered a severe crime by North Korea was that he, he went went into an area in the hotel that was off limits to tourists and tried to t- took or tried to take a political poster, a political banner. And he did this. He did this because a friend. Of he's his he's
0: an idiot. Because he's he a frat yes. boy. Yes. I don't
1: know because he's 21. He's a 21 year old guy. And, you know, that, you know, they don't, they don't think about it. Or I think, you know, he was encouraged to do this because the story that came out that a friend of his mother's that belongs to the same church that they all go to in Ohio had offered him a used car if he could bring back a political banner from North Korea. (laughs) And I'm the, sorry, but that is bad. I hope is she this, feels terrible. Well, this is, I mean, and the used car, I guess, is worth about $10,000. So, and, you know, this is, you know, this is a car that Otto didn't have the money for. So that was tempting for him to get the banner because he could really use the car. And the woman who made this offer proposal to the UVA student also said you know, hey, don't worry about it. If for some reason you get detained, ha, 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 I will pay your uh, mother $200,000, so you'll be fine. You know, that that was, that's the news story that has come out. Now, the pastor oh, at the church has, gosh. you know, so, but the thing, this is, I mean, you, if you have listened to our podcast, you know, you know, I have said, you know, from the beginning that it was the worst place on earth, the North Korea, the amount of repression, the, you know, the torture, the things that go on in this country are not to be joked about. But unfortunately, you know, in our media, people joke about North Korea. They make jokes about, you know, the Kim regime, ha ha ha, how they're so weird. They're so funny. There've been movies about it. Ha ha ha, you know, And I think this is it. So, you know, this woman apparently thought it would be ha 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 funny, perhaps, to have some political banner from North Korea um, in her garage. That's where she wanted to put it. But and the 21 year old student, you know, again, who probably didn't think it all didn't think it through you know, decided to take that banner or tried to take the banner and was, you know, was arrested as he was leaving the country. I mean, it is just awful. And if you, you, you could see the pain on his face, you know, he, he knows he made a terrible mistake and there is sort of no resolution in sight for this. You know, you know, you have to hope that back channels, they're working on it. Right, because um, we have
0: no diplomatic relations we with have North no Korea. So right, someone right. else has to step in like Sweden, right? Or right they Or Sweden, Finland.
1: That or was something. Sweden was going to be, that was yeah. my go-to embassy I was going to go to. But, you know, it has to be someone like President Bill Clinton or somebody who has negotiated with the North Koreans uh, to do that. But it just... I, you know, I it just to me, when I saw that, it just underscores, yeah, two things, that 21-year-old guys, is good. they can make some really... I mean, as we all did when we were 21. Poor choices. We make... We make <laughs> if you have did not... I mean, uh, raise your hand if you made some bad choices when you're 21. <laughs> My hand is up, Leon. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, and then the second thing that I think people think North Korea is, is a joke and that it's not, you know, and the state... Uh, I just... I feel very badly for the uh, for the kid. Uh, I guess his parents were somewhat relieved because they hadn't heard or seen him in two months and they didn't know what his condition was. And I guess they were relieved to see that he was, he looked like he was in okay health. So I don't know. Well, so, Julie,
0: I think we spoke out a couple of weeks ago against um, parent sanctioned vandalism too. Yes. And this yes. is just another case of that. The yes. most extreme case, but... Where does it start? It starts with taking kids to toilet paper, other people's houses. And the next thing you know, you get your neighbor's kid locked up in North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Okay. I mean, really? Yes. I mean, what, what kind of fool asked somebody to steal a sign in North Korea, for goodness well,
1: sakes? I know, because you think it's a joke. You think yeah. it's a big deal. It's not a joke there. Not and then joke. Sadly, sadly, this this kid is now, I mean, you know, he is he is paying the price for it. So... All right. Well, Julia,
0: I may add that then to my, um, my list of, uh, 10 things, um, you should know as a parent. To embrace the chaos, and I only mention that because that's the speech I had to do this weekend. Oh, really? I was asked to talk to um, a, a nonprofit group, the La Cunada Parent Education Association. They were raising money for their program, where they have, uh, you know, parent education from infant all the way through college kid age, for parents to come together to talk about issues. They have teachers there, they have lectures, and they have a gala fundraiser once a year, and they asked me. They asked me to do like a hilarious twenty-minute monologue on modern-day parenting.
1: Which... Okay, right up your alley, right? It
0: is, but I had—it's not my had not really been my alley lately. And so I actually, you know, I haven't done a lot of parenting stuff lately. Obviously, they actually took the theme for their um, gala, embrace the chaos from the Chaos Chronicles, and so that's what inspired them to ask me. And I have done a few things around town that could be categorized as light stand-up or funny storytelling. But I did have to prepare all this material for this. And um, so now I'm going to add no parent-sanctioned vandalism. That's a good one. Okay, please (laughs) do. Right behind never take your child to Disneyland on Christmas Day and sign your... Why not?
1: Why don't you take your child? Because
0: it's terrible. It's hot. It's crowded. And for some reason, Disneyland on Christmas Day attracts a huge number of goths, like all of the goth population of Southern California shows up. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, who knew? So, I mean, I like the goths. You know, I have a Cure album and everything. They're fine. But it just, when we took Brooks when he was like three years old and we thought it'd be so fun to whisk him away and it was so packed and so hot and he kept asking us things like, why are those people wearing eyeliner? It's <laughs> just... <laughs> so Ooh. okay yeah. so a, a parenting highlight for you no doubt Lena. yeah so just a warning never take a child to disneyland on christmas day but um i'm gonna add the parent the sanctions the sanctions vandalism that's a good one but i it did make me laugh because um they they explain like how this whole system was going to work. And this is the La Yacht. It's a Presbyterian church that sponsors these parent ed classes. And, um, when they, Doreen explained it to me, she's like, well, here's what we're going to do. People are going to be mingling with the silent auction out front and there's a bar and hors d'oeuvres. And then we're going to have everyone come into the main room and they're going to sit for your presentation. And then afterwards they're going to go back to the bar and we're going to switch the main room over to dinner seating and i'm thinking you know because lifelong irish catholic veteran of many school (laughs) events i'm thinking you are never going to get those people away from the bar i mean what (laughs) julie the good presbyterians they filed into that room and they sat down and they listened to me talk for 20 25 minutes okay
1: leanne that's good to know so Put that Excellent. in show notes. Yes. Well
0: done. I mean, who knew? I just, I thought, I thought this is good. There are going to be five people in this room. I'm going to be doing this thing for five people. Everyone's going to be standing at the bar. But no, not the Presbyterians. So it was a very nice evening. And then um, we, you know, if you're expecting a big Oscar rundown, I didn't even see the Oscars, Julie. On Sunday night, we had theater tickets. We have that series at the Taper. Uh-huh. And we went to see uh, the drama, The Mystery of Love and Sex. It was a play. No, I a little I bit of a of that. Is it good? How did it do It was everybody's... good. Yeah, it was good. It was in okay. New York, uh, and it got really good reviews at Lincoln Center. And now this is the West Coast production here. And um the young girl in it is was May Oh shoot, I should have gotten the <laughs> Okay. May right. she's an adorable actress from parenthood and it'll come to me. And it was a great cast and it was very good. But all the same themes that they covered at the Oscars, they covered in the play. So even though I didn't see any of the Oscars, I felt like I was thinking about the same issues. So it was it was quite enjoyable. I enjoyed it. So right. we had a we had
1: a good uh, Good weekend. Good weekend. Well, that's I mean, the thing about the Oscars is there's so many post shows uh, and post analysis of the show that you really, you know, even if you didn't stay up to watch it, you can really catch up on it. You know, you feel like, you know, you don't have to be behind on that topic.
0: No, I mean, we walked in and Colin, my 18 year old and um, media savant did 20 minutes on it. So I got the.
1: (laughs) All right. I don't even need to
0: wait. Good Morning America because he was on it like he had the whole breakdown highs lows favorite he he had everything happening he had watched it and then reported back so there you go
1: okay you're all set well Leigh we we had kind of a we had a sort of an arts weekend at our house at our new house here we uh, actually we had all three of our – or three out of four of our grandchildren spent the night on Saturday night. It was the night of the school auction uh, for um, my grandchildren's parents. Those would – that would be my son and daughter-in-law. And rather than have me go babysit at their house, I said, why don't the kids come spend the night with me, you know, over here? Because uh, that actually is easier, you know, Cause right. I go to bed earlier than <laughs> – than staying up and waiting for the parents to come home. So, and I thought it was a good test for our new house, the open concept. And we, you know, we had a great time, had a nice dinner. And But I have a question for you because you're the writer. And uh, we uh, we rented, downloaded, whatever, whatever you call it, um, Disney's The Good Dinosaur. And everyone was excited to see that. That was the nine-year-old, the six-year-old, and the two-year-old. They all thought that was an excellent choice, and they hadn't seen this and, you know, and there was just, that's good. Everybody, you know, wanted to watch the movie after dinner. And it seemed like, you know, it's an animated movie about a dinosaur, Leanne, I'm not going to give uh, give this, giving the plot. Oh, well, I'm going to give the plot away. Give
0: the plot away because the it's a father, movie about a dinosaur.
1: The father dinosaur, the papa dinosaur dies in a violent death, Leanne. He drowns to death, okay? So you Shoot. see him drowning, okay? Aww. And then, as well, we have another flashback scene. The six-year-old, my six-year-old grandson, is sobbing. He's like, you know, he's like, they just killed the father. Oh, he my gosh. The, father. the two-year-old is crying because the six-year-old is crying. But, Benjamin is crying. You know, so <laughs> he's not sure what, you know, what happened. He couldn't, you know, because he, he could tell it wasn't good. But, and I know, okay, I know this movie has a PG rating. I didn't read any reviews of of it ahead of time. So that was, you know, okay, my fault. But it's a Disney movie about an animated, goofy little dinosaur called The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. Seems like, seems like you shouldn't have, you know, that seems like it should be pretty safe. But then, so, but then I started to think about how many Disney movies there are where, 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 a, like a parent is killed, or there's, or they're missing. I mean, Pinocchio didn't have a mother. Peter Pan, motherless boy. <laughs> Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas—they all had deceased parents. Lilo and Stitch, remember that movie? Yeah. The parents die in a car accident. Okay. What about that? Bambi's mother. She goes. Cinderella's mother. Mowgli's parents. Ariel's mother. They're all. They all die. <laughs> what? What? Why? It's it is terrible and I just I mean I mean I'm sure I'm not the first to notice it. No, I noticed you're it is not. this weekend, but I what is it when you're like constructing a movie for children, okay? Because this is not some old fairy tale. I know cuz fairy tales are scary. I get that. But this was a new script. There uh Why do you have to have, like, the violent death of the father be kind of the centerpiece of it? What what do you think? Well,
0: I mean, with any story you're trying to tell, you know, the basic premise is kind of a quest story. These are all quest stories. So you have to start the character off in a a situation where they find themselves somewhere new. Something has happened that creates an opportunity for them to change their lives okay Okay. so that's you know that's it otherwise nothing happens if it's a story of a happy family and they go to the park and they worry about homework and they come home and they watch tv like that's not really a movie That's real life.
1: <laughs> so there has to be. This so there has
0: to be an inciting incident that sends the main character on a quest, you know, some sort of quest. Either it's literal in many animated films, like they're actually going on a quest to find something, right. or at least a, an emotional quest uh, into new territory. So. Right. That is the basic, but it is a mystery. I think I think actually that you know with the animated movies, so many of them are kind of rooted in fairy tale, and there was a lot of violence in fairy tale, and that was a way of there was a lot of death when fairy tales were created, you know, a thousand years ago, and it was a way of trying to make sense of death and pain and horrible things that happened in the woods. And there's a lot of symbolism in those you know those story elements. So that is why it is a mystery. You know the why they kill off so many parents, particularly Disney. That's the, that's the, um, uh-huh. you know, that's the, there's nothing the rap
1: worse. on them. It seems like there's nothing worse for a child than to lose a parent. And right. Yet- that, well, <laughs> and
0: that's it. You want to kind of capture them in a moment in their life where they cannot go back to where they were.
1: I know, but that it just, well, just, <laughs> if you could have seen my little six-year-old grandson's—I mean, his heart was breaking at the thought yeah. of this poor dinosaur not having his parents. I—I I mean, it was just so. Yeah, uh, well, you know, remember—you know—remember you know,
0: remember the Lion King. It was the same thing I know, when Simba lost King. his father in that stampede. I, I mean, that was hard to watch. I know. Hard well, to watch. this,
1: this, this—you know—this avalanche drowning thing is is terrible too. So, I just <laughs> just. Okay. Right. Okay, so that's it. But I mean, it has a PG rating, but this movie is not for like 13-year-old kids. This movie is really for like 6 to 8-year-olds, okay? Uh maybe the 2-year-old, he was a little she, he was a little young for it, but you know, he's number 3, so he just has to go along with the show there. But I, so why are they making a PG movie for the wrong group? That's I, I don't understand it. So I, I was I was upset. So I think but. you can go online somewhere and think, find
0: some sort of boycott thing you can start. I think there are whole websites now where you can. Create petitions and things like that. So you can do that in your spare I mean, time. I mean, I
1: just—it was more. Yes. Okay. I will. I, but it's a it. good
0: warning. Yeah. I don't know why they do it either, but because it, it is the worst possible thing a child can imagine, and yeah. so, and I guess I don't—I don't know why that's such a pow, a powerful and potent storytelling uh device, but it is, and yeah, I don't know it what seems to tell like you. it's the
1: easiest. Well, we'll just—it is easy.
0: It's easy. Yeah right okay yeah it is easy you know i again i would rather see madagascar the animals escape from the zoo and yeah. <laughs> get on a plane i like that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, that was, good, was good
0: see yeah. that's why people like movies about animals talking animals yeah. <laughs> except not dinosaurs <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break we have a message from a new sponsor and then we will be back i have a dvr alert for everyone dvr alert stay tuned I'm Leanne Dolan of the Satellite Sisters and I'm here with my sister Julie. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. All right, Julie, have a DVR alert for everyone. New TV show starting this week. And, uh, I think the Satellite Sisterhood might want to get on board. It's called The Family and oh. it's on ABC. Right. And it stars Joan Allen, who's so fantastic, and um, Brat Pack superstar Andrew McCarthy. So that's a good cast with a couple of other, you know, uh, Zach Guilford is in it, a Friday Night Lights alum, Allison Pill, who's a really good little uh, actress. And it's the story of a female politician and, who had had a child kidnapped years before, and then the child suddenly returns. And huh. all of the things that are uncovered when this child comes back. So it's told in two time periods and there are lots of family secrets and dark corners and complicated relationships. And it's debuting this week on ABC on Thursday night um, in the Scandal time slot. So oh, whenever okay. Scandal is on, um, there it's the family is debuting. But here's why you need to watch it. Because a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, when I developed Satellite Sisters for ABC, remember my right. TV development yes. yeah i didn't talk a ton about it on the air because with tv development what happens is like you work and you work in your work and then it doesn't get sold and then you feel terrible and it's over <laughs> and then <laughs> so... Well, that
1: sounds like a, a rewarding yeah. career
0: yes yeah. yes <laughs> and you wonder why writers write a lot of death into their scripts because <laughs> basically it's a very grim pr- profession
1: You see, you didn't kill off the parents in that TV uh, pilot. No, I
0: did. It opened at a funeral. (gasps) Oh, the pilot opened at a funeral. Yeah. The story. (laughs) Yes, I did. Yeah. Totally. You didn't, an, you
1: didn't have enough talking animals.
0: And- Goodbye, mother. So yeah, and the t- the pilot was loosely based on Satellite Sisters. I mean, it was based on Satellite Sisters. But the network executives at ABC said, "We love Satellite Sisters. It's a great premise. We just could you make the TV show not really about sisters and not really about a radio show?" Okay. Oh, okay. All right. This is literally a quote. So, um, so I created a show called Sweeney Family Rules, and it was about like six adult siblings living in and around the New York area. And, you know, one of the sisters, AKA Liz, owned a media company, and there were brothers involved, and, uh, the mother had just died. And so it was sort of, you know, the adult children making their way in the world without their mother. But it was a situation comedy. It was a sitcom. But I worked with a really great, uh, TV executive named Lori Zacks on the project. And she was so fun to work with and so great. And she helped me shape the script and I did my pitches to her and she loved the characters and we went on all the meetings together. And I had little pictures of all the Sweeney family (laughs) cast members, everyone in the Sweeney family had red hair and I would show pictures. So they would get a vision of what the cast might look like. And it was really fun to work with Lori and to pitch with Lori. And she's gone on to develop a lot of other TV shows, but this is her TV show, The Family. And she's very excited. She said the script is really great. And, uh, so tune in, you can't actually see Sweeney family rules on TV. (laughs) But you can see The Family on ABC. Okay, well,
1: that's... that's Nothing a, like that's the a, show I pitched. Okay, all right. So, there better not be any of your ideas. Well,
0: the there is a new show out there called The Real O'Neills.
1: I saw that, Lane. I know. Saw that, and it's, that made me mad. It yeah. made me
0: mad, too. Yeah. It made me mad. So I don't want you to watch that show. We're boycotting we can- that show. <laughs>
1: Because if there's going to be a funny comedy about an Irish Catholic family, it's going to be our family. Our family. It's going to be yeah. Sweeney Family Rules. It's but not going to be the O'Neills. No. Or whatever that their name is. No. Okay, so boycott no. that show. But, but uh, watch,
0: the, watch the family uh, from executive producer Lori Zacks.
1: So there you go. Set your okay. DVR. They're
0: doing the first episode is on Thursday night, and then it's going into its regular time slot on Sunday night. So, you' get two episodes this week, and it's supposed to be like a slow build, like the missing or Broad church. it has that kind of feel to it. Ooh,
1: or okay. the killing okay. yeah, so All yeah, it right. looks well, good.
0: and Joan well, Allen, I mean I'd watch her watch paint dry, so she's such a good actress.
1: <laughs> there you go. Okay, Leanne. Well, here are some other, um, uh, it's a mailbag, Leanne. We're doing a Tuesday mailbag because it's Super Tuesday. And I just want to say congratulations to Kathy, who wrote to us at our Facebook group page. Uh, she She has a new home. It's her first home. And we had talked about my move a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And I mentioned that because I've moved so many times, that one of the things I always do, the first thing I do when I move to a new house is I make my bed, because you're so exhausted from moving um, that like you're gonna you know you're gonna get to the end of the day and you're not gonna be able to find your sheets, they're in some box and you're gonna be exhausted and you're gonna get cranky. So you always make your bed first when you move to the new house. And she sent a picture of her sheets and her quilts and her bedding stuff in the car ready to go. She had those. Uh, for that. Elizabeth moved as well. She tried this technique. So I just hats off to them on their moves and their new homes. And I hope they're successful. And I'm sure they enjoyed sleeping in their bed with sheets the first night they moved into their Julie, new home. Julie, that is just really good advice.
0: And I was so happy to see those photos that people yeah. actually will listen, first of all. that's a <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is listen and listen
1: to me. Yeah. I'm retained. other sisters. Listen to me, you know, so
0: (laughs) that's true. That is true. That that's true. So no, that was, those were, that was a funny photo of just the sheets in the front seat. Yeah.
1: It's just heartwarming. It's heartwarming. It is,
0: Julie. It's heartwarming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then the second I want to mention is Jen wrote to us that she has some new neighbors, uh, and they moved in a couple of months ago, and uh, here's the problem. They like to have some parties, and but when their guests leave the parties, they make a lot of noise, and they party on the weekends, and they party... They also party, you know, sometimes during the week and their guests as they're leaving, they're talking loudly, they're laughing, car doors, but it's like 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And Jen wants to be the nice neighbor because that's what we should all aspire to be, right? She does not want to be, you know, she used the B word. She doesn't want to be the B neighbor. (laughs) She wants to be the nice neighbor, you know? And she's asked for some advice at our Facebook group. And I think she's getting some very solid advice. And as you know, we don't give advice. We're just sisters. We're not experts. But it did in recently, because I've been doing a lot of unpacking, I uh, took out two books that are near and dear to my heart. They are Dr. P.M. Forney, Forney's books, Choosing Civility, 25 Rules of Considerate Conduct. And then his, his follow-up book, the Civility Solution. And you know, if you've listened to our old Satellite Sister shows, Dr. P.M. Forney of Johns Hopkins University, who is co-founder of the Civility Project there, um, he would come on. He was our envoy of civility, and we would ask him questions about you know, sort of being, li- living a good life and, and, and living a life that's full of consideration and being civil towards each other. So um, if you have never read these books or don't own these books, they are great. They are really, really great, and And I enjoyed, you know, looking through them because I knew that Dr. Forney had helped us with the issue of um, of Noisy Neighbors, you know. And that in fact, that's one of his one of his uh, rules for um, considerate conduct, it's rule number 15, that to keep it down, you're not supposed to make a lot of noise. (laughs) That according to PM Forney, noise is among the most pervasive and frustrating sources of everyday annoyance. Isn't that true? Yes. Is it it's just... I mean, Leanne, you work at home, you know, yeah. like, it's just,
0: it's the leaf blowers in my, uh, in my life. Like I-, I am so sensitive to leaf blower noise. It just makes me crazy. It makes yeah. me crazy.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it is that, and he writes that the careful management of noise is that is a must for people who want to be civil. That is like a bare minimum that you have to like think about the noise that you make, you know? And, and so, you know, Jen, you do have a right to speak up about, about noise. Now he's, now he cautions you. He says, you got to be clear-headed so you can't go over there with a full head of steam. Okay. All right. You just, you cannot do it out of anger, which is really where most people operate from. Right. And that nerve. Like,
0: like Peggy Sue, who responded saying she had noisy neighbors. So she'd started taking bagpipe lessons. I mean, we love you, Peggy, but that's aggressive. And I like that Peggy was like, they would start up the lawnmower as early as 8 a.m. Like, 8 a.m. is not that early to me. 7 is early, but 8. But Peggy Sue, she picked up the bagpipes right away. She said it was actually not successful in getting the neighbors to quiet down. (laughs) Noise for noise was not a good strategy. That
1: doesn't work. I mean, and you also have to decide you know, what you can tolerate. You have to decide, okay, is this going to be the issue? You know, you're going to take Go up to with the your mat. neighbors yeah. or is, it, is it's going to be something something else, okay? And what Dr., uh, Dr. Forney suggests in his second book, The Civility Solution, is that when people make a lot of noise, the first thing you have to do is you have to get a card. You do not confront this directly. You write it down because that as oh, well- really. Yeah, yeah. You got to write it down, uh, Leanne, because you you just, if you go over with the confrontation thing, you know, that immediately escalates. Oh, yeah. Okay. You really got to, you got to get a nice card. Okay. So no, you know, no funny cards, no cards with, you know, just nice cards. And you have to, you have to express in your card what the noise is doing to you. That, that's where you should start. You should tell your neighbors that, like you maybe the neighbors don't even know right. because they're in their house, you know, that, that the, you know, that their friends, their guests are waking you up at one 30, two o'clock in the morning. So you have to do that. And then you have to impress on the other person that you, you're just confident, confident that you're going to be able to work out a solution to this. And okay. That's good. You know, that's that is the first strategy. Okay. Um, that that's the way you should approach it. So you don't, you're not coming across as the angry neighbor. You're just, you know, you're really kind of like maybe informing them and, you know, you need to know, like when I, you know, when you, I wake up at one, one o'clock in the morning, I can't go back to sleep and I, you know, whatever it is, I, you know, and then I have to get up early in the morning. So that, that just, it's, these are just such useful books, and I'm so glad I, I found them, and I'm so glad that you, know, I, you know, we could refer to them today. So that's Dr. P.M. For- Forney, and it's The Civility Solution is his second book, and his fir- first book is 25 Rules of uh, Civil Conduct. Well, Lori on the Facebook page, uh,
0: two Lori and Carrie both suggested making friends, you know, starting off by making friends. If you don't know them well, go over, introduce yourself. Lori said she has a couple of college rental houses in the neighborhood and she makes a point to get to know them. And then they also have brand new neighbors with the Beagle. And you know, what do Beagles do? They howl. So she said, I've gotten to know them. And so I just go over when they apparently don't know the howls and I knock on the door. I say, be friendly and straightforward. That's how I would like to be treated. But he always, is always right about like, what is the noise doing to you as opposed yeah. to your friends are idiots. And they have two young kids. I'm like, how are they having parties till 2 a.m., these parents? Yeah. So, but don't say that in your lovely <laughs> note. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that in your lovely that's
1: note. That's right. You got to, you know, you've just really got to, you know, be clear headed about this. And again, confident that you're going to be able to work it out with your neighbor because that's what you want. That's what you want. So
0: nice to hear Dr. Forney's name again. It, isn't it, Liam? I, was, I, uh, I, I did appreciate the fact that someone on the Facebook group confused Dr. Forney with Dr. Gupta, who is yes. also a frequent Satellite Sisters yes, guest he was, uh, yes, and he was. a lovely guy and yes. often gave great advice, usually on health, not on civility. So when I said when I saw the post, what would Dr. Sanjay Gupta do? I was thinking, heart surgery? I mean, that's <laughs> so <laughs> But you're right. We had a lot of lovely men on the show that gave yes. excellent advice, many of whom were doctors. So that sure. made me laugh. Okay. Um, all right, Julie. Uh, I don't know. Speaking of funny Facebook posts, Liz posted this week, she has been traveling so much for the last, well, her whole career, really, but for the last year and a half it has been an unbelievable pace of travel for her, you know. In you know, D.C., New York, Houston, Toronto, London, and that's all in like a ten day period. So and then,
1: and then she has to go to Guatemala. Yeah, and then, and then Beijing. You know, so she has to do all this short domestic travel, and then you know, giant international travel.
0: So uh, and so so much so that this week she was actually invited to a mingle. With the CEO of American Airlines. he <laughs> was in Dallas, DFW, where she doesn't live, but she travels through enough yeah. that she might just make the mingle. But she's like, yeah. really, this may be a new love for me. That the CEO of American Airlines wants to meet me. His-
1: yes. I fine. mean, she got those chocolates at Christmas time, and it almost crushed her. Or yeah. Valentine's Day. She yeah. got chocolates from around the world from, a, from her airline. And that really almost crushed her. But, yeah, the mingle with uh, the CEO. Mm-mm-mm. So this weekend uh,
0: in the New York Times there was a piece called How to Stay Sane on a Business Trip. And what they take a look at is something called what they call Hotel Gloom. Okay, it's that. They call it an amorphous melancholy that seems to thrive in perfectly serviceable hotel rooms of the $200 a night and under variety. So basically, you know, mid-level business hotels that your company will approve. You know, things are going fine. Like you can stack up everything right. You can get to the airport just in time. You can get through TSA. The flight's not bad. You get in the cab or the car to the workplace. Your meetings are good. And then the minute you get to the hotel... And the momentum stops, one business traveler said, and you open the door and you smell that hotel room smell. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. right? That yeah. kind of, that, and there you are standing in like another faceless hotel room with beige carpet. That's no. when the gloom descends.
1: Oh. <laughs> Isn't that sad? It's sad, but it's, I mean. It's true. It, I mean, it does, it's exciting sometimes to take a business trip if you're, that's not part of your normal routine. But the grind of business travel it's just as awful right there's no there's no and that that's the reason why it's awful is you end up in some like not bad hotel right it's just crummy it's just crummy right
0: so so they went to some really frequent business travelers and they said how do you you know how do you combat the gloom and i liked carol she spent 30 years fighting off hotel gloom she's a a consultant for a large corporation so you know they travel a lot and her number one rule is never let the gloom gain a foothold she said (laughs) (laughs) this reminded me of liz like I was afraid that if it happened once, it would just keep happening. It's kind of like one drink and you fall off the wagon. I mean, that's a lot of anxiety about walking into a hotel room. Yeah. So so she said she tries to say it's slightly better chains that have upgraded their designs and things like that. But the other key, she said, is say no to room service, that... You just have to get out of the hotel room, like as tempting as it is to stay in the hotel room, actually getting out of the hotel room is the key. And then preferably you have booked the hotel room in, in an area where you can walk to things because if you, that's, she said, that's the killer. If you're stuck in a hotel room in the middle of nowhere, all by yourself in the generic beige carpeted room, the gloom is going to (laughs) descend. So you just have to get out. These, these poor
1: people. I know. They say, I know. You know what they
0: should put in these hotels? Therapists.
1: I know. Or scented candles or something. thing, <laughs> And
0: then they talk to a comedian. You know, a stand-up comedian who just travels constantly on the on the road all the time. And he said, he goes, "I actually like the gloom because then I get a lot of work done." <laughs>
1: You get so depressed, you get into your funny zone.
0: Okay, nice. And he said, and this is how he ended the article. The comedian was saying once he was in a room in Vero Beach, Florida, and he walked into the room and there was actually a gunshot through the window and and ants all over the floor. So he calls the guy at the front desk to tell him about the ants. And the guy goes, yeah, I guess you could come down here and get some bug spray. (laughs)
1: so he worked that into his uh, yeah he does
0: yeah he is using the material he's using the gloom he's using the gloom julie but that's it just keep moving keep the momentum moving and get out of the room for dinner do not get sucked in to you know room service so i thought those were two good tips uh for poor Liz, I hope she does it. Um, all right. Now, speaking of travel, I am en route to Austin, Texas, this week. Uh, Betsy, uh, satellite sister Betsy, our Houston-based satellite sister, is has. She's worked... really
1: in charge of Texas. Liam. She is. You can go anywhere in Texas, El she'll... Paso. You know, not to go to. You know, she'll be there.
0: So, uh, yeah. And she volunteered to organize the meetup. Uh, she said the spot we're meeting is bangers and it looks like a really fun, I had said the brew pub in Oregon worked great. So is there anything similar? It looks like a great outdoor space where they serve German beer and sausages on big long tables. It's informal. Um, and there are no reservations on Thursday night. So we're just going to all look for each other around five to seven, but this is what's going to make it easier. Betsy is bringing her son. I think he's looking at some colleges there and he has a service dog with him. So, uh, look for the poodle is what we're going to say. Just, <laughs> I thought, oh gosh, man, I've to get there early and hold up signs or a flag or something. No, look for the poodle. Betsy said she and Henry and their dog will get there a few minutes early. You know, I'll be on time and we're just going to look for the poodle and meet up there. It's hard to say how many people are coming but we have had some interest it could be six or seven it could be 10 to 12 we don't really know but just look for the poodle and that's where the satellite sisterhood will be Thursday night, this Thursday night, the third, in Austin, Texas, from five to seven at Bangers. That now, I have tr- I have tried to put the event it on the events page and various things, so um, so the information is out there. But if you're listening, you that that's the information.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and the weather should be good, Liam. I I, th- I think the forecast should be good. It's going to be springtime here. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to that Lady Bird
0: Wildflower thing. You said, yeah. yeah. I think my husband's working Thursday, so I thought I would do that without him. Would he enjoy that, or should I blow him off for that?
1: (laughs) I I think he would enjoy it. It's really interesting. Uh, Okay, you know, she was. I mean, Lady Bird Johnson was into xeriscaping before pretty much anyone, and they mocked her and they laughed. They laughed at our first lady, and uh, and she was doing she was really doing groundbreaking revolutionary work that now is respected and this uh this site you you can understand it and you can learn a lot about native plants so
0: oh okay julie that's a good tip i didn't know mm-hmm. if he'd enjoy that or not so maybe yeah, i
1: think he would yeah. i think really think he would well, I
0: think I'll just go to Yoga Then and the Wacky Costume Store. I think that's those are those the two things.
1: Good, those look good. Those look good. There's some
0: excellent recommendations on the Facebook page. All right, Jill, anything else going on? What do you have planned this week?
1: Well, I, Leanne, i have started my, I guess, my decline thinking about Downton Abbey. You know, that's, that's, it is true. I, I mean, I, I want to, you know, I just want to watch it alone. Uh, I just, you know, I just, but I, I know it's going to be great. I'm sort of confident that this final episode, they are they're go- they're really going to deliver on this, uh, and that they're not you know they're going to leave us on a high note. You know, I've, obviously it will be bittersweet, but I I still I just I can't imagine not having it in my life. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, I'm really thinking about
0: it. No, I hear you. I hear you. I think one of the thing I I've underestimated its impact on my life because I think with the production schedule, you know, it sort of comes and goes and, yeah. you know, we mainly don't have it. It's on for three months of the year and then gone for nine months. So you don't realize like what a regular part of your life it's become until it's gone until it's gone, Julie. I yeah, I know. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of sadness. There's going to be a lot of sadness. It's a supersized episode, so that will be fun. And then we'll have the Downton Abbey recap next week. Oh, speaking speaking of recaps imitating life, Julie, um, this is kind of funny. You know, we do the recap of Madam Secretary, of course, yes. about the Secretary of State. Yes. and. Now, in my real life, I am on this, this executive board of the International Women of Courage Celebration. Right. And this is a non an NGO. Uh, we work with the U.S. Department of State to honor these women that the U.S. Department of State brings in from all over the world uh, to honor for their courageous work in changing women and children's lives in their home countries. The State Department brings them in, and then our organization um, provides them with an evening celebration and then grant money, because the State Department can't give them money, but we can grant money to go back and continue on with their good work. And I did it for the first time last year. Satellite Sisters was the media sponsor, and this year, last year, the event was in DC, but this year the state department surprised our little committee of only about 10 and said, um, we want to throw it in Los Angeles. So, um, and they only told us like two weeks ago. So if anybody has, I mean, literally, so if anyone, <laughs> if anyone's ever tried to organize like, you know, a 250 person event in two weeks, you got to know what we're going through. So a lot happening, a lot of balls in the year, but, um, we were able to contact, Secretary Rice, we thought she might be able to join us, Condoleezza Rice, because now it's the West Coast. She's at Stanford University, and she was the Secretary of State that initiated the International Women of Courage. So it's celebrating the 10th anniversary, and we were hoping that she could come and, you know, speak and be part of the celebration. And it turns out, we did reach her chief of staff. Um, It turns out that she is going to the Masters. She will not be able to come. (laughs) But She wants to send a video. So I'm the media and communications Uh director. Uh So now people are like, Leanne, what what should we tell her to be in the video? Like, how how does she shoot a video? Can she do it on an iPhone? So now... Julie, just much like Madam Secretary, the speechwriter, I am channeling my inner speechwriter. I'm working directly with former Secretary of State on what she's meant to say. It made me really laugh. I was like, what would they do on Madam Secretary? What would they have her say? Now I have such a good role model for what it's like to work with the former Secretary of State. So, not funny? and I hope
1: you're telling her to wear a nice blouse for it, you know just get your sign just got brooks to film her
0: just she, that's she's up at stanford you know that's the problem and oh. so and it's, but i did have to consult my son the cinematographer like yes. what's the how do how do we make an iphone work and he's like well the first thing you have to do is take the cover off most people try to shoot the videos with the phone covers they put on and that actually blocks the lens so there you go that's a good little tip okay that that's a good tip for anyone
1: paying off land you are getting your money's worth <laughs> And then there's a quick,
0: a quick, uh, how to use autofocus. There's a, couple of and that you can actually adjust the light uh, the, this is a slider with the light so I don't want to give overwhelm them with too many tips but you know to tell her what to do in the video we had to figure out where is it the show flow where is it going in the program is it this is it that because it's one of those evenings that has some moving parts so I'm in you direct communication re- I'm in I'm in direct communication with the former
1: secretary of state I yeah. love it Leanne <laughs> you may want to review that speech that Madam Secretary gave at the opening in Cuba okay. at, the, uh, at the our embassy in Cuba. Remember that episode. I do. That's it exactly was a, what I
0: was thinking about.
1: I was like, that that was a good an speech excellent very patriotic speech. You know? That was great. And it signaled signaled uh that it had signaled so many important themes mm-hmm. and you know, individuals were credited with great courage. That might be the one for you. You I know guess. what, Julie,
0: I am gonna rewatch that
1: episode now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just really made me laugh cuz we have women on the committee that have sort of deep um ties to the US State Department yes. they and so i didn't you it's hard to actually get in touch with them it's not that easy to find the former secretary of state and you know current administrations don't necessarily there's, you know, po- politics happens. Yes, of with, course. Uh, and so uh, so when our when our heavy-hitting political contacts were able to reach her, then they turned it over to me. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I didn't even anticipate it. I was like, whoo! I got to bring it. I got to bring it for Secretary Rice. So there you go. Uh, all right. Well, keep us posted. On I that will. Minute.
1: That sounds that sounds excellent.
0: I will. I will keep it, keep you, keep you posted. All right, uh, Jewel. Have a great week. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.